Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 38 called The Lord Answers Job. There's a famous quote from a renowned evolutionist, um, and it was in regard to the 100th anniversary edition of Origin of the Species by Darwin. And he said that um, he's an atheist, and he said he, he has two very deep-rooted concerns. He says, if I'm right and there is no God, then we're uh, living on a celestial ball hanging out in the middle of space and nobody's steering. See, that would concern me when I go to sleep at night as an atheist. <laughs> Ain't nobody steering. This all happened because of an explosion. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Let's think that one through. All right, second possibility the, this evolutionist said, honestly. He said, if there is a God... The second possibility frightens me because then there's a God and I don't know him. Both possibilities frighten me. Now, there's a solution to the atheist problem. What is that? Come to know the God who's steering. Now, he moves from the earth to the sea in verse 8. He says, who, he continues to ask Job questions, who enclosed the sea with doors? Remember, a lot of this is poetic. When bursting forth, it went out from the womb. When I made a cloud its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band. And I placed boundaries on it and I set bolt and doors. And I said, 11, thus far you shall come, but no farther. And here shall your proud waves stop. God tells of the majesty of creation pointing now to the power of the sea. The other night, I enjoy watching surfing, and I was watching uh, some big wave surfers. You ever seen that big wave surfing? I think some of those waves are up to 70 to 80 feet. And sometimes they, uh, they'll have a helicopter flying out there, and they'll get them out to where the waves are, and it's this incredible takeoff. <laughs> and they're going down, and some of them don't make it. And when that wave crashes on them, they, uh, if you've watched this before, they wear these inflatable um, devices so that the, it will take, absorb the power of the wave if they go over the falls, so to speak, and crash. And they've had broken backs. They've had people drowned. And, you know, the thrill, right, the thrill seekers. But when you make it and you get in the tube, woo, and you get out of it, whew, what a thrill. But if it crashes on you, it ain't good. If you've ever been in the washing machine in the ocean, you know, some, sometimes we're out there and the waves are three feet and we're like, oh, this is huge. Whoa, man. <laughs> right? And then you see that big wave surfing and you're like, oh, man, I'm a wimp. God says, I enclose the sea. In the ancient mind, the sea was sometimes seen as a hostile god with a small g, sometimes seen as a sea monster, uh, sometimes associated with Leviathan, as we'll talk about. 
But here, in a strange image, God pictures the sea as a baby. Would you look? Verse 8. Enclosed the sea with doors when bursting forth. It went out from the womb. When I made a cloud its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band. I swaddled the sea. (laughs) I don't know if that means that God read it a bedtime story before he unleashed the sea. But the picture here is that he's got it behind doors, poetic language, and then he opens the door to the sea and the sea went like we have a child and then it becomes an undisciplined toddler. Can anybody relate to this? You unleash the the baby and off it goes and it goes out and, and it potentially could do some damage, right? But God places boundaries. We all know the importance of boundaries. We've learned, we've read books on boundaries. We know our children need boundaries. We know that we need boundaries. And God said to the sea, all right, that's as far as you can go. And I was reading an author who said that he was in a place where uh, the ocean, the waves were hitting against rocks and the spray was going up from the waves and he was saying that it was the sea's futile attempt, vain attempt, to move beyond God's borders. <laughs> I want to get out of here! <laughs> right? Now, you say, but sometimes the sea goes beyond its boundaries, right? There's been tsunamis, and there's been rare occurrences when that does happen. But even then, it can only go so far. You see, the, the fact that God put boundaries on the sea is why you and I are alive. Because we live on the land. And so God made a place for the sea. He put boundaries around it. And he said, stop, you can only go this far. It went bursting forth. And if I can put it this way, Yahweh drew a line in the sand And since the sea is a picture of evil, the Lord is saying, evil has a limit. I will draw the boundary. It cannot pass. And if you're thinking with me, Bible students, you know exactly that that's what Job needs to hear. Because Job has felt so out of control and so pummeled and so beat up, he's wondering how many waves can God allow to hit me? And then the next logical question is if I get hit with one more, is he actually in control? And in the Jewish mind, the sea represented chaos and darkness and evil and to the pagan mind as well, even sea monsters and the like. And so God is saying to Job through the questions, Just as I control and shut in the sea that seems so powerful and so uncontrollable, I am controlling your situation too. Where there appears to be disorder, as ironic as it is, there is still still ultimately under God's order. Now, I don't understand it all, folks. And I don't have all the answers. But here's the message to Job. Job, I've got you. Jesus commanded the wind and the waves in the New Testament to hush and be still, and he constantly challenged the faith of his followers. Let's look at verse 12. He moves from the sea to the dawn. He says, have you ever in your life commanded the morning? Have you been able to make that command to the morning, cause the dawn to know its place, that it might take hold of the ends of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? Have you made daylight spread to the ends of the earth 
to bring an end to the night's wickedness. It is changed like clay under the seal, and they stand forth like a garment. From the wicked, their light is withheld, and the uplifted arm is broken. On the first day of creation, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God is the one who commanded the morning. In the ancient mind, they thought that before we knew about all the processes that each morning God commanded the new morning. And who's to say that God doesn't do that anyway since he holds the universe together. But God commands the morning as if to say, it's time to wake up. (laughs) He can wake up the dawn. Anybody know a girl named Dawn? Dawn, wake up. So you can wake up the rest of the world. Just five more minutes. Five more (laughs) minutes. That alarm on the phone, somebody has to change that. That is the most annoying sound, isn't it? Especially when someone else's phone is going off in another room and they're not shutting it off. (laughs) This is where I would like to be able to command the morning. Interestingly enough, in uh, Revelation 21, there's two things that we see in the new city, the new Jerusalem. There's no longer any sea, Revelation 21.1, and Revelation 21.25 says there's no longer any night. The sea represents chaos. Now, whether that's literally there's no more sea, I'll let you chew on that one. But no more sea and no more night they pass off the stage in the new heaven and earth. And Job has been struggling with both these concepts. He, he sees darkness all around him. It seems to have enveloped his whole life. He sees the wicked prospering. He, sent, he spent a couple of pa- uh, chapters that we studied earlier saying, why do the wicked seem to get away with everything? Why doesn't the light just expose them and shine on them? Well, one day it will. He moves now from the dawn to the deep recesses of the world. We'll just do a few more little sections here. He says to Job, have you, 16, entered into the springs of the sea? Or have you walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you understood the expanse of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. Now the question behind this may still be, is there some hidden power lurking somewhere that God doesn't really have control over? God's been addressing these these various aspects of creation, but maybe Job deep down is saying, but is there some lurking for somewhere? Maybe behind some gates called death, maybe in some deep recesses of the ocean. You know, the deepest parts of the ocean go down seven miles. Seven miles. I was just reading that a sub can, I think, only go like four or 500 feet down. Now they have those uh, ocean depth, uh, ocean floor uh, research subs that they have. But there's only a certain amount that you can go down. I think a human diver I read recently, breaking a Guinness Book of World Records record, went down 1,000 feet. 41-year-old man who did it to break a record. Can you imagine scoping out the bottom of the sea seven miles down 
taking a walk around, walking your dog or your fish. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. How long would it take to walk around on the bottom of the ocean? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael Lance and the Walk in Truth team would like to invite you to our next 633 event, One Nation Under God, How America's Christian Heritage Shaped Our Country, with guest Lenny Esposito, president of Come Reason Ministries. At this free event, we will explore how Christianity played an essential role in shaping this country and how the current push toward a post-Christian culture will mean a fundamentally different America. One Nation Under God will be on July 11th at 6.33 p.m. at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. Or you can watch online on our YouTube channel. Learn more about 633's One Nation Under God when you visit walkintruth.com and click on events or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. I was just reading that a sub can, I think, only go like four or 500 feet down. Now they have those... Uh, ocean depth, uh, ocean floor uh, research subs that they have. But there's only a certain amount that you can go down. I think a human diver I read recently, breaking a Guinness Book of World Records record went down 1,000 feet. 41-year-old man who did it to break a record. Can you imagine scoping out the bottom of the sea seven miles down, taking a walk around, walking your dog or your fish? (laughs) Wow. How long would it take to walk around on the bottom of the ocean, the ocean floor? And Job says to, God says to Job, ever been there before? Oh, you spent a lot of time talking about death. In fact, in the first few chapters, after Job decides he wants to worship, but it gets ugly, Job starts saying, I wish I, wish I was never conceived. I wish I was never born. I wish I just went from the womb to the tomb. I wish I just went into the shadow lands, man. I wish it was over. At least the wicked find rest there, Job said earlier. Do they? You know the guys who uh, killed those students in Colorado? Was it uh, Dylan Klebold or something like that? Anyway, uh, right before he perished, he said, I'm going to a better place. Was he? See, the gates of death, it's an interesting concept because Jesus holds the keys of death and Hades, Revelation 1.18. If you want to ask somebody about death and coming back from the dead, you might want to read about Jesus' life and how he predicted his own death, predicted his own death and his own resurrection. Jesus conquered death. He tasted death for each one of us. Hebrews 2, 14, he rendered powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Jesus said, the gates of Hades will not prevail against my church. Verse 18 may be speaking of the underworld. Have you understood the expanse of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. 
Maybe Job's thinking something like this. Well, maybe God's in control of most things, but not the grim reaper. Maybe he's not really in control when someone dies. And he could be reflecting back on his children and all that happened. Where is the way 19 to the dwelling of light and darkness? Where, it's his, where is its place? Again, poetic. That you may take it to its territory, that you may discern the paths to its home. If you can put it this way, where does light live? Do you know? Do you know where darkness lives? Could you walk them home, Job? You know, for you were born then, right? 21. And the numbers of, number of your days is great. Enlighten me, Job. I'm sure you can tell me. I'm sure you've been around for a long, long time. Now, some divine sarcasm. Can you appreciate that? I can. Final section. We'll go up to 24. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow? Have you seen the storehouses of the hail? Snow and hail, by the way, were used in battle and judgment. God used hail in Joshua 10, 11, and Exodus 9 in one of the plagues. Snow, too, is a weapon, says one writer, uh, with God in Psalm 68, 14, as both Napoleon and Hitler discovered in the snowy depths of Russia when both of their armies suffered heavy losses because of the bitter cold than because of enemy action, close quote. Which I have reserved for the time of distress, 23, for the day of war and battle, notice. Where is the way that light is divided or the east wind on the earth? Now notice the uh, connection of hail and snow to the storm. It was a storm that knocked down the house where Job's kids were. So Job may be saying, well, Lord, are you in the storm? Are you in the snow? Maybe these were questions either spoken, implied, or at least thought of by Job. Is God really in control? And you may be thinking that tonight. You may have walked in here. We all have our moments. We all have our questions where we start wondering. People on the streets are wondering. Is God sovereign over it all? Chris Tomlin writes, from the highest of heights to the depths of the sea, creations revealing your majesty, from the colors of fall to the fragrance of spring, every creature un unique in the song that it sings, all exclaiming, indescribable, uncontainable, you place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing, God. All-powerful, untamable, awestruck we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim, you are amazing, God. And I think that if you can look a little bit beneath the questions that God is asking, because some people read the book of Job as skeptics and they go, oh, that's a lot of good that God did for Job. Asked him 77 questions. Where were you? Where were you, boy? Tighten your belt, boy. Time to wrestle. Time to tussle. Where were you when I bought this house and signed the 3,800 pieces of paper to, for this mortgage? <laughs> Where were you when I got on my knees and consecrated this house to the Lord? Where were you? And we can go on. And we can go back in our history and we say, well, I was here then and I was, but God says, Job, you might want to 
quiet. Let me instruct you for a little while. Amen? Oh, how we need it. (laughs) Father, thank you for this section of the book of Job. We are so grateful for it. It is powerful, humbling, eye-opening. Ultimately, I believe you did this to get us thinking about who we are and who you are. And what is amazing to me as we close this time together is that this God, this creator and sustainer of the earth, became Emmanuel, God with us. And he came down and you were born in a miraculous way, Lord Jesus. And you lived and you died and you rose and you're at the right hand of the Father and you so love your people that you keep fighting for them every day. You died on the cross for us, you defeated death for us, and you still intercede for us. And it is so amazing. Your love, your goodness is really indescribable. Oh God, forgive us for the times that we have such little faith. And sometimes we challenge you and often we don't even know half of what we're talking about. But Lord, you're so patient and good with us. And I pray that one of the lessons we can take away from this is that You'd help us to be patient and benevolent to others as they struggle with their own walk in life. And when we struggle, thank you for the grace that you give. You are a holy, indescribable, wonderful, loving God, and we are so grateful. May you bless each person that's come here tonight. May you meet their deepest needs. May you speak to their situation. And may you cheer their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to The Lord Answers Job, part three on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 38, verses 1 through 24. Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, our Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. With our app, you can learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Pastor Michael Lance serves as senior pastor. If you're local to Southern California, the app gives you updates and information about upcoming Bible studies, free events, and services, both for you and your kids. Hey, if you live outside Southern California, you can still benefit from the Living Truth app. You can listen and watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings And you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app in your app store. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, the bottom line is that as God answers Job, and it's just, it's a profound miracle that God speaks to man, amen? A man that's been suffering and and complaining, but but at, at the same time, God loves Job. That's why God speaks to him. And God's revealing more about his nature to Job in the power and majesty of creation. And we should never forget that God's invisible attributes, his divine nature is manifest by what has been made so that man's without excuse. And that's Romans chapter one, especially around verse 20. And here's the bottom line. As God gets into the majesty of his creation, Job is finding, I think, his place in that creation in that 
I don't think God wants him to feel small, but I want, I think what God is trying to do is saying, see how big I am, Job. I'm bigger than your problems. I'm bigger than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. And perhaps, brethren, we can see in the creation uh, accounting here as God goes through things that he made. And by doing so, maybe helping him step out of his immediate smallness of his world into the bigness of God, hinting at that I'm going to work this out for good because I'm larger than all of the problems and all of the corners you back yourself into with your logic. (laughs) I don't think God's saying we shouldn't use our mind, brothers and sisters. I'm just saying that He's so far beyond our finite minds. Amen. This is Walking Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance. I'm so glad you listened to the book of Job. Yes, we've been going verse by verse through the book of Job. And though we haven't aired every single verse uh, in our church fellowship, we went every verse, verse by verse. And you're getting to hear some highlights of that as we now hear the Lord speak. And we're going to do a part two on God speaks to Job. The Lord answers Job tomorrow right here on Walk in Truth. Hey, tune in, tell a friend, and we'll, Lord willing, see you right here tomorrow. God bless you richly. Remember, we've skipped over some of Pastor Michael's teachings in the book of Job, but you could listen or watch those teachings when you download our free Living Truth app. It's the one with the red logo with the pillars. And join us tomorrow on this station for part four of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapter 38, verses 1 through 24, called the Lord answers Job. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.